if you look throughout your life and you recognize the people who had an influence on you, well, those are mentors who you always look back to on their advice and their help that get you through tough situations. And the same is true for our faith. We recognize people that God placed before us that helped us along the way, whether it was your parents who always walked and supported you, who, whether it be your parents who always walked beside you and supported you, youth ministers, a very special priest that helped you through very difficult situation, mentors are vital to us, especially in our spiritual upbringing. Well, for one saint, he was a mentor and he helped along a very important saint in our faith today. Julie Andurko is joining us today to tell us about St. Ambrose. Julie is the host of Your Next Mission from God. And she's joining me today to share more about the lives of the saints. Good morning, Julie. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Brenda. Well, let's talk about St. Ambrose. Now, it seems like right from the beginning, he was set aside in a very special way because God knew what his path forward was going to be. People associate the bee, like a honeybee, mm -hmm. with St. Ambrose. This is a very unusual story. It is. So when he was just a baby and he was set outside, you know, to get fresh air in his bassinet or whatever he was sit seated in, uh, his family, his father found his face covered with bees and they were just worried. They'd all lit on his face. They were worried about that. And the bees left, did not sting him. And they say there was a little bit of honey on his lip. I love that because when we go to Psalms 119, it says, you know, the word of God sweeter than honey to my mouth and perhaps sacred scripture is what St. Ambrose was going to need throughout his life. So tell us a little bit more about him because he became quite a figure in our Catholic history. Oh, yes, yes, a, a figure and a doctor of the church. Oh, he's had a big influence on history. Uh, but his the way he started out was he came from a Catholic family, and this was in the um the fourth century. And although his time was after Christianity was legal, his, ancestors, his relatives were from the persecuted times of Diocletian. And so he's got martyrs in his lineage. But interesting enough, he was, and they were very wealthy and well off and, and well known. And his father was a governor and there was lots of prestige power. So he had a, a amazing education, the best you could get. And he followed into politics where his father had, and he becomes the governor in a province in northern Italy that included Milan, which would be the capital. Oh, So wow. he's the governor. So there was the heresy of Arianism at the Council of Nicaea, which was soundly condemned. and But it still was a problem. There were Arian bishops, there were Arian followers, and it was a problem in the church. And it was holding firm in Milan. But then the bishop dies and they have to reelect a bishop. And so now the whole area is in an upheaval. Roman troops have to be brought in. And this is under Ambrose's care. It's He's the governor. So he goes to Milan because they got to elect a new bishop. And, and he's faithful. He doesn't want to elect an Arian bishop because it's been condemned. But anyway, he goes. And up to this point, he was a good governor. He had this great education. He could speak. He could reason with people. He was talented. He could make things happen and well-trusted and well-liked and well-loved. 
So at the Basilica, where the proceedings are taking place, and he is overseeing these proceedings for a new bishop, a child, a child in the crowd calls out, Ambrose, bishop. And then pretty soon, everyone wants Ambrose for bishop. And he wasn't expecting it. He was pretty frightened by the whole thing. I mean, it was unexpected. The crowd couldn't be controlled. They wouldn't settle down and they're going to make him bishop. He's not even baptized. He's not even a baptized Christian at this point. He was raised in a Christian home, but he was not baptized. So he's not, he's not baptized. He's not a deacon. He's not a priest, nothing, you know, and he's been prepared for politics and he knows that he's not prepared to be the bishop. So he, um, he does something that's pretty undignified. He runs. He runs and he goes and he hides out at the home of a senator in his friend. Anyway, turns out the Pope wants him to be bishop. The emperor wants him to be bishop. Everyone wants him to be bishop. It doesn't relent. So his friend that he's hiding out finally gives him up. Okay. And he, and he accepts this calling. And within one week, he's baptized, ordained a deacon, a priest and a bishop in one week. And he is not prepared. And so what he does next is pretty exciting and it's it gives us a model of how we proceed when when God is asking us to do something new. Incredible. Julian Durko joining us today, sharing a little bit of the lives of the saints. Today we are talking about Saint Ambrose. In the early history of the church, Julie, it does seem like saints tend to hang around each other or to know each other. And I spoke in our introduction about mentors and how God places in our history and in our path mentors to help us along the way. St. Ambrose was that person. Obviously, he didn't feel like he was qualified, but those around him recognized his holiness. And for sure, God did. And there are saints that look to St. Ambrose for his guidance. He spoke with St. Monica. He did. Uh, She was pestering him pretty good because she knew that he had that intelligence and that education that that he could go toe to toe. Because once he became bishop, he took intensive time to study and to pray and to pray in Lectio Divina so that he would actually encounter Christ. He studied the early church fathers and then he did a transformation. He served the poor. He gave away all Anything that he had, he stripped himself of all ties except to be the bishop, and he gave himself over to, to it completely. So he, when he said yes, it was a complete yes, and he did what was necessary to bring him up to speed. And he was eloquent and good at, at rhetoric, and, but he loved the Lord very much. Mm-hmm. You know, he did. And so he was a match for Augustine. And so she was hanging out with him, trying, you know, because Augustine had gone to Milan and his mother, she's hanging out. Augustine doesn't want really much to do with her or to be converted, but she recognized that that's the man that can do it. That's the man that can go toe to toe with her son and, and at least make him see the truth, whether he would accept it or not. So she's always crying and she's always praying. We know she did this for 17 years before his conversion, but so she's a mess, crying again in, in the uh, basilica there. And Ambrose says to her, woman, the child of so many tears will never perish. Hmm. And so she takes it as a sign. Now she trusts him. God gave her an answer. She's happy. <laughs> and his conversion does does follow. I love this story because, Julie, what it tells me is both in the story of Augustine and with Ambrose is that 
Every person is called, no matter what your background, no matter what you've been prepared for, Ambrose in politics, and God had placed before him his church, and he had a place in the church, a doctor of the church. Now, and the same with Augustine, boy, he tried really hard not to be faithful, and yet even he was called and converted his life and led so many people. So these wonderful stories about the saints, Julie, you are such a wealth of knowledge. I appreciate that so very much. Of course, St. Ambrose, his feast day coming up on December 7th. And so now you know a little bit more about this doctor of the church. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. It was my pleasure.